Our culture might be telling you that your small daily choices don't matter, but every daily sip, bite, song, walk, prayer, chat, and snooze doesn't amount to nothing. It amounts to eternity. Welcome to the Daily Nothings Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Roach. Let's dive into what our world thinks means nothing. Hello, everyone. It's just me. It's just me, Courtney. It's very weird for me to be talking and not hear Megan's sweet giggles in the back of my ears. There's no other person on the mic. This is the ultimate test of my true independence that I like to say that I have. This is a true test of my own self-confidence because there's no one there to laugh at the jokes and make me feel like I'm funny right when I say it. So here we go. I'm here. It's me, Courtney Roach, on the mic, hosting the Daily Nothings, just like every other week, except I'm by myself because sweet Megan Day is in Cabo. And honestly, we just didn't really think it through. We were like, yeah, we can make it work from Cabo. Psych! She is on vacation with her sweet family, and so she is not with us this week. And I said, I think I got this. I think I got this. If anyone can sit on the floor of a closet for 30 to 45 minutes and talk to themselves, it's me. (laughs) So this week, we are diving in to a little game that if you follow me on social media, you know what we're about to do. I'm about to answer questions in an unhinged format. I got on my Instagram story. I was trying to think of a way that I could have people just kind of help me out with this week's podcast, lean into the community aspect, kind of help you guys get to know me a little bit more because there's so many layers to Courtney Mae Roach. And so I got on and I said, ask me any question at all. I'm going to put all of the questions that I get in a bowl, print up all the questions, put them all in a bowl, and then draw questions and whatever whatever question I draw I have to answer that is the rule I can't say oh I'm just gonna hide that and put that back and um no one's gonna know because I'm in a closet by myself no the Lord is with me I was feeling a little alone before I started this and I was praying and so I decided to bring a little crucifix in and put it on my little table that I have that I prop up in my closet to remind me that I am not alone I have Jesus with me he's here for all of the questions am I nervous to answer these questions absolutely not I'm absolutely not I am an open book. If there was if there was a book that was like, you know those books, <laughs> you know those books that you made in elementary school. I did this. I don't know if any of you did this, but we would get really old books that no one reads anymore. And we for a craft project one time laid these books flat and they were all glued together. So all of the pages were glued together flat and we spray painted them in this like light beige, like vintagey looking color. And then we maybe put some like gold spray paint on the edges of it. Yes, we are doing um, some minor graffiti at the ripe age of like fourth graders. And then we would, I remember we got to like pick out what words we wanted to be on there and some like potpourri we wanted to glue on it and we made these open books that we gave to our moms for mother's day it was amazing you know private christian school things as a little tater tot if that was how open of a book i could be that is me i am glued open i am spray painted with beige spray paint and gold edges because i'm a true autumn and i am going to just share whatever you want Are my pages glued shut on the sides? Yes, because I do have an element of privacy that I have to keep as a beloved daughter. But for the most part, I'm an open book. So 
that's what we're going to be doing today. But before we do that, I thought I would just share a little bit about what I've been up to, what life has looked like lately. I am going on a month of living, not even close. (laughs) I was going to say I'm going on a month of living in the suburbs. That is not even close. That is not even close. It's June 15th. I moved in May 22nd. So, I mean, I'm getting close, but it's not like we're days away from it. And I'm loving it here. It's fantastic. It's just there's so many things that have shifted. I'm living in the suburbs. I feel safe regularly in the state of Colorado. Everyone in my neighborhood's very nice. There's an HOA that we have to keep up with. And our our cutie little patootie um, girly girls in this house, <laughs> me and my roommates, we didn't get in trouble, but our neighbor who was in charge of the HOA, which is the Homeowners Association, she came over and she was like, um, in this neighborhood, I know you guys are renting, but um, we have a policy that you bring your trash bins in after um, 24 hours of the trash being taken away. And we were like, got it. (laughs) She was a sweetheart, but it's like, that is so totally different from, we'd never moved our trash bins downtown. So it's just like, there's little things that we're adjusting to. The biggest thing is I would say Denver has literally not stopped raining ever, like for weeks. It's been constant. Our grass is so green. It's greener than Indianapolis. It's wild. Um, I just came back from Indianapolis. Um, I just went on a very, very terrible blind date, which I'm sure I'll get to later in these questions because so many of you asked me about dating things that I would be shocked if I didn't draw one. Uh, um, what else is there? I'm trying to drink more electrolytes. Flow, that's for you. I feel like I'm really needing them in this summer heat, even though right now it's 68 degrees. I'm still sweating. Um, I got some new bedding. Life's actually kind of normal. It's crazy that I have very normal updates and Megan's the one that's unavailable in Cabo right now. That is the abnormal thing. Very much so. So, yeah, this weekend I'm going to my sweet friends Abby and Felipe's wedding in Oklahoma. Ye freaking haw. And I will be on a nine and a half hour road trip with my sweet friends, Conrad and Alexandra. I live with Alexandra and Conrad and Alexandra are getting married next April. So all the people are getting married. I'm a bridesmaid and all the things. Not that much has changed, but I'm doing well. So without further ado, I think we get into these questions and see what on earth you guys are going to ask me and what on earth I'm going to say on the spot because I've barely prepared at all what my answers will be. I trust that the Lord will provide exactly what you guys want to hear. So let's do it. First question. How do you separate yourself from a great friend who often leads you into sin? Wow. Let's dive right into it. How do you separate yourself from a great friend who often leads you into sin? Well, (laughs) that's a really fun question. Um, Let's see. So when I was in college, this was a big issue for me. And I just constantly had... um, I constantly had so many temptations to live that Hannah Montana lifestyle that I've talked about a lot. I feel like I've talked about it a lot on other podcasts, but maybe I haven't talked about it that much. Um, And honestly, the only way I was actually able to separate myself was through conviction. Um, I was praying so, so, so consistently, and I literally never missed daily mass in college. And I was in Bible studies. I was leading Bible studies. Like, all of that stuff, it seems like 
it's just filling your schedule and it seems like it's not something that's that essential. Like not, oh, I'll settle for the bare minimum, but oh, I'll settle for daily mass and 30 minutes of prayer a day and a rosary. Those are great, great, great things. But then when I was, when I was doing everything, I really was just like, I was so overwhelmed and so greatly convicted that heaven was on the line and that I had to be a saint that 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 was at the forefront of my mind. There was nothing else clouding that. There were no other worldly distractions. I miss that because I I don't feel like I have that as much now and that's something that I very much want again. But because I was so involved and I was so involved in the church, I was so involved in scripture, studying scripture, being in community, talking about Jesus all the time, dressing modestly, like everything. I was just so obsessed with it. It was beautiful. And I also had that upper hand of you just converted to Catholicism, so my zeal was through the roof. And it was just like, I, it was almost that point of like, I can't do nothing about this, you know, like I have to do something. And so that conviction is really what steered everything. And I think that, um, because it started with the Eucharist, everything was handled with the Eucharist aid. And I had Jesus in my, in my flesh and blood. I had him in my DNA. And so I just kind of practically started to say no to things when I would want to go out with my old friends Um, I would start saying yes to things that I knew would build me up. Um, And it was hard because I knew I was going to be losing some friendships, but I knew that the friendships that I wanted to keep around, or not even that I wanted to keep around, that I knew the Lord wanted me to have around would stick. And they did. And they still have to this day. But many of the others did kind of just fade. Um, And it, it took some, it took some practical steps, but honestly, I didn't have to do much. It was kind of like I just started to say no, and then Jesus kind of let it fade naturally. And there are repercussions that came, of course, um, like sassy comments or jokes about how I'm too good or um, jokes about me becoming a nun because I don't want to do the things I used to do. Like Those things aren't fun to receive, but I almost didn't care because I was like, I'm going to be a saint, though. Like I want to be a saint. And I must. Um, And so I prayed really hard for them, but I didn't say anything like, I'm praying for you, (laughs) because that's not the mood ever. Don't do that. Um, But just kind of pray for them in silence and pray for their conversion and pray for your conversion, because we're literally in a constant conversion. So there we go. Question one. Let's keep rolling. Okay. (laughs) First off, you're a queen. Thank you. (laughs) Next. (laughs) First kiss story. Okay, this is fun. (laughs) First kiss story. Okay, (laughs) here we go. (laughs) Oh, gosh, I'm cringing. I'm cringing so hard. It's actually quite sweet. Um, So I was in high school and I was 15 when I had my first kiss, which is why I cried so hard when Taylor Swift sang 15 at the Nashville show. I mean, how many weeks in a row am I going to talk about Taylor Swift? It's just ridiculous. I was at Top Golf with a bunch of my girlfriends last night for a birthday party. And one of them was like, I know it's the most basic thing in the world to say. I am a practicing Catholic. I'm extremely conservative. I'm extremely Christian. But I have to be honest. I think that the Taylor Swift Eras tour was the best, most impactful night of my life. And she's being so dramatic, but she's married. Like, she's got lots of things to compare it to. Just a joke. Don't take it too seriously if you don't like Taylor Swift. But regardless, 
I don't even remember where I was going. 15. Okay. So I was, no, was I? Yeah. No, I was 16. I was 15 when I met my boyfriend and I was 16 when we kissed. Um, we moved very slowly. We dated for like four months before we kissed. It was both of our first kiss, um, first kisses. Um, and yeah, it was like getting to that point. I don't know if anyone else remembers this, but you're like dating and you start to get like the nervous butterflies because you've got the first step, which is holding hands and you're at the movie and you're just sweating. Your hands are so sweaty and all you want to do is hold your boyfriend's hand. But then you're also like, I could never touch you right now because my hands are dripping sweat. And so you've got the like slow pinky inch over, 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 and then bam, you hit it. Home run. You're holding hands. Victory is ours. Then you hold hands in the car and you hold hands on the way out to your car after school and you hug, 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 hug. And then before you know it, you're like, you know what? I think we're getting to the point where we should be kissing. And it's nervous and it's icky, but it's also very exciting. And you're like, what's going to happen? It was both of our first kisses. So one day I just really felt like it was going to happen. And we were just hanging out around Marion and we went to this like new house development it was like they were building marion's where i'm from marion indiana and they were building this new house development that was like this little suburban like cookie cutter neighborhood and it was right next to the university that's in my town and we were like going there because they just put a pond in (laughs) so we went and we sat by this pond and we just laid in the grass and held hands and like watch the clouds go by we were really sweet little like romantic losers you know in a good way like we were like let's go watch the clouds on like a Saturday and so we did um and so we watched the clouds and I thought it was gonna happen then and then it didn't and I remember being really sad and I was like it's never gonna happen he doesn't like me oh my gosh we're gonna break up because you know you're 16 and you don't know what you're talking about um and Yeah, then we drove back home, which was about a four-minute drive, and he walked me up to the garage door, as you do in high school, and he gave me a really long hug, and then he... (laughs) Wait, let me actually really remember, because this feels like ages ago. I think that... Oh, I know what it was. Okay, so we had started to get into this routine of forehead kisses. And so basically, after the hug, I leaned in with my forehead because that's what we did every single night. And then he went like, no. And I was like, oh. And then he like leaned down and it was the quickest peck in the history of quick pecks. And then he got really nervous and was like, okay, bye. And I was, like, so excited, but also, like, oh, my gosh, I had no idea that that's how it would happen. Um, And then he drove home, and then he called me on his drive home because he lived, like, 20 minutes away from my house out in the country. And he was, like, I literally had to pull over because... I am shaking everywhere. Like, I can't believe I just kissed you. And it was really cute. And he was like, my legs are shaking. Like, I can't drive. And I was like, I can't believe you kissed me. And it was really sweet. And I actually have a very, very cute first kiss story with my sweet boyfriend that was also my first boyfriend, first kiss. He's just great. So, 
Um, yeah, if you have lived under a rock, we're obviously not dating anymore, but that was a very cute story. On to the next one. This is so funny for me to be the one that's just talking the entire time because Megan always has something to say and it's just nice to go back and forth. But honestly, I'm having a great time. Thank you for listening to my TED talk. Okay, next question. Are you a good driver or... I'm sorry. Whoa, I just had a stroke. Are you a good, bad driver or a bad, good driver? Okay. I still feel like I'm having a stroke. Am I a bad... Am I a good, bad driver? Am I a good, bad driver or a bad, good driver? Is anyone else like, what is going on with this question? A good, bad driver. This is what I need, Megan. I think I'm a good driver. Like, am I a bad, good driver? I don't know. I would say, no, I'm not a bad, good driver because I'm a good driver. And I've had many people in my sweet car that is called Mag's long full name Magdalene because I'm cheesy. And when I first, I got my car when I graduated college and then I used my Jeep to drive up to Bismarck, North Dakota for Focus New Staff training. And I was like, I'm going to name her Magdalene because I'm obsessed with Mary Magdalene. And I was like, because she was like the first female disciple from the woman at the well. She went forward and she proclaimed the gospel and like shared what she saw. Or no, not woman at the well. It's when she saw Jesus in the garden. (laughs) Scripture. Messing things up. But, um, so that's why I named her Magdalene. We call her Mags. And people have been in Mags before and they're like, I love how you drive. But then there's other times when my family's in the car and I am a little reckless and they're like, good God, Courtney. (laughs) They're British too. I'm kidding. Um, So I would say I am a good, good driver. I don't think I'm a good, bad driver or a bad, good driver. Also, you made me think very hard for that question. My brain hurts, but thank you for asking it. Okay, next one. Advice for when bad broken friendships leave massive walls, making it hard to make new friends. Mm. So we're looking to get into wounds, are we? I love advice for when past broken friendships leave massive walls, making it hard to make new friends. Okay, my first question for you here is, are you in therapy? Um, I am in therapy. I've been in therapy now for gosh, how many years? three years consistently for three years every other week um and it is absolutely life-changing from someone who is the princess of overthinking oversharing overcommitting overcaring pretty much anything that is just a lot I really needed guidance on how to like hone that in, relax, breathe, make rational decisions, say goodbye when I need to, say hello when I need to. And if I didn't have therapy, I really don't know what kind of woman I would be right now. Um, I don't know if I'd be on anxiety medication. I don't know if I would be able to make sound decisions. I mean, I'm still trying to make sound decisions and I've been in therapy for three years. Um, So... I would say first step therapy, second step to help you alongside that would definitely be a consistent prayer life um, because right next to that, I would say spiritual directions, spiritual direction, not plural. Um, I hate that I'm giving you like, do this, do this, do this, add this, but it's, 
it's very important to do that because um, you can't have spiritual direction unless you're not praying, unless you are praying. Sorry, you can't have spiritual direction without actually praying and spending time with Jesus. That's been something that I've been lacking lately because my prayer schedule has been so inconsistent. That's what I'm working on firsthand. And I honestly am like, okay, maybe I need the accountability of a spiritual director to really get to prayer because you're going to talk about prayer and spiritual direction. So if you're not praying, you won't have a lot to talk about. Or you will just talk about why you're not praying and then hopefully get back on track. But that's not going to last very long of like the, yeah, I'm still not praying train. You just got to keep on trying to get back to the chapel. So those things I would say are essential for discovering wounds. And it's really good within woundedness. I'm not an expert, so I'm not going to go into this far too much. But you can't just say oh yeah, I've got a wall there. I'm going to just put this mask up because of X, you know? Um, There's a lot of things that happen that come to it. And I've discovered in my own woundedness, like me thinking, oh yeah, it's all because of person C. When actually it's like, yeah, that person did have an impact. You weren't incorrect. You do know yourself. But also it goes back to this situation and then this situation from high school and then this situation from elementary school and this situation from when you were a kid and you went to that fifth birthday party. Like there's so many layers to it and figuring that out on your own. One, I don't know if it's actually that possible. Two, it's just not the way that the Lord wants us to go about those things. He wants us to discover them in community, and he wants us to bring those things to him in the chapel and be like, what happened? This world hurts. Help me, you know? Um, So I would say really starting with those things is very essential because every single person is going to be handling walls and, like, putting masks up in different ways and saying no to good things like making new friends. Um And so I don't want to give an answer that's like, this is how you do it, because every single person is different. And I'm sorry that that's the answer, but that's the answer. So moving on. Okay, this is fun. (laughs) What's your opinion on public breastfeeding? Do it or find a private room slash restroom. That is hysterical that you ask me this, because I'm so far from breastfeeding, and I honestly wish that Megan was on for this question specifically. Um, my opinion as someone that is very far from breastfeeding, I think that there is a way to do it in public that is private. You don't want to just, like, whip out your tater tot and do it, like, with full exposure because there is modesty, of course. But when they've got those fun little drape situations or your shirt covers your breast but, like, your baby has access, I think that that's totally fine, you know? I don't think that there needs to be a constant hiding because there really isn't always availability for it. But again, I don't really know what I'm talking about, so I'm going to go to the next question. Thank you for asking that. I had a giggle that you did, and I honestly love that I got to talk about breastfeeding as a single woman because there is no limit to what I can do. Okay, what was your worst travel experience and why? Hmm. Wow. Well, I have had many. I would say the most miserable I've ever been. Well, that's not true. Good Lord, what would it be? I honestly think that the most exhausting and like taxing thing I've ever done for travel was fly to Australia and New Zealand 
because I don't even remember how many hours long that thing is, but it was like over 30 hours of travel and you've got to wear compression socks so you don't get blood clots. You're eating airport food as though you live on an airplane. You're on a plane for 18 hours, but you only get to actually have lights out for six. You only sleep for four. The movies glitch on tiny screens. But then they also made it amazing because Air New Zealand brings around lollies, little hard candies, and they have unlimited wine for everyone first class to coach. So that's an amazing customer service strategy. Um, And then when we got there, I mean, Australia and New Zealand, they were the two most beautiful places I've ever seen on God's creation, you know. And so speaking of God's creation, did you guys hear about this whole aliens are real situation? Shout out to my sister's roommate, Lindsay, who was like, yeah, apparently aliens are real. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to just drop that mic and have you guys look into it. But I was floored, jaw on the floor. And then they were like, I mean, really, the Lord can do all things. And I was like, he sure can. I just see like green alien people with big black eyes. And I'm like, okay. Anyway, that's beyond the point. I would say that that's probably the most taxing travel experience I've ever had. Um that's just the one that's coming to mind right now though so okay what is next is your room organized or messy right now right now it is very messy my bed is made every single day but with moving I'm just like taking forever to make decisions on where places are supposed to have things. (laughs) Um, Like my closet's pretty put together, but because I work at an interior design firm, I'm like really taking my time to make decisions. And normally whenever I would be at another place, I was like, it was before I worked at the interior design firm and I would just like hang things. I was like, yep, and this is going to go here and this is going to go there and I'm going to put this here. But I'm working with my boss Mariah on it and I'm like, okay, maybe I could get this for this spot. And like, it's very intentional and it's really testing my patience because I have a lot of stuff and I have all of that stuff still for my massive closet sale that I am, yes, still doing. Um, it is so, so much stuff. And I'm actually going to be selling my bedding that many of you have asked where I've gotten it from on Instagram and I'm going to be selling it. So if you're interested in that, keep your eye out for that as well. That is on, I'm going to be selling it on my Instagram. Um, I created an account. I think it's called, what is it called? Let me look it up. Courtney made clothing. I think let's see. Yep. Courtney Maeve clothing. So if you are interested in buying all of my things and cleaning out my room, go to that because I've got way too much stuff. Okay. Moving on. Do you have any non-negotiables? Do you have a non-negotiables list for dating? If so, what are they? Yes, I do. Is it a literal list? No, it's all up here, baby in the old brain. Uh, Non-negotiables. Catholic. Must happen. I've seen people date that are, um, wow, total brain fart. The, like, denominational um, divide, kind of, of, like, someone that's non-denom or Protestant, and then Catholic. And I've seen that happen. If the Lord really wanted to make that happen, then fine. You know, I would trust him in that, but I just don't necessarily know if I'm actually called to do that. Um, And so I would say Catholic is definitely top of the list. Um, I would prefer that they're taller than me. I 
have got to have someone with a sense of humor. It absolutely must happen. And we've talked about this, me and my single friends here. It's so annoying to say they've got to have a sense of humor, but it's true. It's very, very, very hard to date someone that doesn't laugh at your jokes. And I think that this is the perfect segue to talk about the blind date that I just went on with charity and a certain element of privacy. Okay, so I go on this blind date. And Megan has set it up, which is why it's super interesting. And Megan's going to be very sad that she's not here to talk about it. But you can't always get what you want. So Megan and Jake are married. <laughs> and Megan knows me. And then their friends, uh, we'll call them Chris and Julie. They also know another guy. And his name is, we'll call him Evan. And basically, they were like, oh, my gosh, you guys, we have a hot young Catholic girl. Oh my gosh, we have a hot young Catholic guy. Oh my gosh, she likes this. Oh my gosh, he likes that. Oh my gosh, they should totally meet. Basically, they set up the blind date. We didn't even have each other's numbers. It was 100% blind. It was very fun. We went on this date and at first I was like, okay, this seems great. But the the earned wrong answer portions were, I felt like I was being absolutely drilled with questions the entire time. I felt as though there was just a lot of, there was just a lot of opinions. Um, he ate before the date and what's the final thing that I want to say? Uh, we talked about long distance and there was a very, very harsh and abrupt comment of absolutely no way. And I was just like, there are different ways to use our words to say no to something that we're not interested in. And the way that it was shared was just not it. It was just not it. It was not um, prudent. There wasn't a lot of leadership there. I didn't feel entirely cared for as a woman. And I was just like, okay, so this is a great you live and you learn situation. Um, it was not hard for me to walk away from that date. And normally I'm pretty like emotionally attached after a first date, which is not fantastic, but it's just true. Um, and yeah, it was just a very, very unique experience, but I honestly needed to experience it. And so with that, I would say um, that person, Evan, did not laugh at any of my jokes, you guys. I'm hilarious. That might sound egotistical, but this is also some feedback that I've received from pretty much everybody. And I was like, you weren't laughing at a single thing I'm saying. Maybe a chuckle here and there once a quarter, you know, but oh my stars, there should have been much more giggles. And so that's definitely a non-negotiable. Um, I feel like other things are just kind of like no brainers, like never date a narcissist. Um, <laughs> I really feel like that's pretty much it. Like, I would love it if they had great taste in art and music, but we'll see. Um, yeah, cared about beauty. I'm like coming up with a list as we're talking. So that's my rough list. It's kind of boring, but I'm very open. I don't want to have too many attachments. I also, so many people think that I've already planned my wedding. No, 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 no. Absolutely not. I have not. I am staying far away from that world until it is my time because, first of all, the trends change every six months. Second of all, 
I don't want to go down that emotionally unchaste rabbit hole of this is exactly what I want before I even meet the guy, you know? So that's all there. Um, what is my dream proposal scenario? Fun. Okay. What is my dream proposal scenario? See, these are the things I haven't thought through this stuff because I'm like, I don't know. Like I would really want it to be very, I would want it to be very intentional. Like I don't want it at a big landmark, like the Eiffel Tower or something. I would want it to be something that means a lot to me and the guy that I'm with. Like I would want it to be a really significant place for us. Um, not something like our first date or the first place we kiss, but like something, I don't know, just something very intentional. Um, and honestly humble where it's just the two of us. Um, I would love for there to be photos and I would love for there to be a huge surprise party that I'm totally blown away by with every single one of my family and friends (laughs) from around the world in one place celebrating me and having all of my favorite foods and drinks. (laughs) So there you go. (laughs) Okay, next question. Am I dating anybody right now? Who is it? I am not dating anybody right now. Very single. Back on Hinge. Hoorah-rah. What's something you are putting off praying about? Ooh. That's a great question. I'm like, what am I putting off praying about? I feel like right now there isn't anything that I'm like running away from. It's more so like, am I actually, um, I'm really just trying to build up trust with Jesus right now. Like I am really just trying to go to the chapel, sit with him, be a hundred percent honest with how I'm doing and how I feel not only in my personal life, but also about him. I'm in a place of like, you haven't heard my requests for years so are you even there like are you even listening to me um when I know he is and I know that he's heard my request and answered many of them in ways that my blind human eye doesn't always see um but the fact that that belief is there and that I'm like hiding behind that lie of oh well he doesn't hear me anyway so what's the point that's where I'm at. Like, I'm just going to the chapel and being honest with him and letting him know if I'm angry with him or if I'm in love with him or if I'm excited with him or if I'm tired with him. Like, just being very honest instead of doing what my Nana Opal always said, which was keep your knees together and use coasters, (laughs) Um, which is kind of my funny way of saying, like, having extreme formality and making sure that I'm sitting in a certain position and being very ordered with my prayer. Um, and kind of bringing it in this like formal presentation like I don't want it to be that way so I'm really in a lot of like a reconstruction zone with Jesus right now if that makes sense how tall am I five seven if you could have one do-over what would you use it on Ooh-hoo-hoo. oh wow oh my gosh one do-over I know what it would have been when I, when I broke up or not broke up when I was dumped in high school, I wish 
I would have let it be a clean break. I really do. It was like the most gut-wrenching thing I'd ever experienced. Your first heartbreak, it's awful. Um, But me and my ex both let the breakup drag on for far too long. I think it was like four or five years after the breakup. We'd still been in communication and being confusing with one another. Um, And I wish I would have just let it be a clean break. I think that would have been amazing for both of us if we just had it actually end in high school, moved on and grown from it. You know, I obviously learned so much and the Lord used it in literally so many ways, like more than I can actually count. The Lord uses our brokenness, you guys. That is without a question. Um, But I think I do wonder. I think that's one of the biggest things I wonder about. If I would have just pushed through and been harsh with the breakup, which you don't know how to do when you're 16 and dramatic. But I think that that's what I would have done for sure. Okay, I'm trying to get to as many of these as possible because I feel like I'm already getting close to time, which is really crazy. But there are like so many questions okay favorite books very fun um favorite books of all time sad to say it but twilight that's just the way that it is with me i was so severely obsessed when it when they came out and it was like okay i shouldn't say right when they came out i was 13 when i got really into them and i read all of them like freaking rapid fire like i was inhaling them like a cheesy gordita crunch at two in the morning it was so fun and I just loved them and then I read them again and again and I've read the entire series four times and then I read Breaking Dawn three more times on top of that so I've read Breaking Dawn seven times which is crazy and I'd love to psychologically break down why I love them that much but I have an entire posse of people that are there with me when it comes to that obsession so that is my first answer to that. Um, Some other books that I've really, really loved recently. Um, I'm in a book club and y'all, I cannot recommend joining a book club enough. I am in a book club and I, it's so low maintenance. We read one book a month. We meet once a month and we talk about the book. There's no specific time of like a strict hour because we're young adults and so we don't have to like get to class or something. You could do it as a strict hour if you want to do it in college, but let's be real. Who wants more reading to do when they're in college? Um, And then we have snacks, we talk about it, and then we pick the next book. On to the next. I absolutely adored the Summer I Turned Pretty trilogy. Here I am showing my teen obsession. Um, Really fun, really light reading. Not the best writing. Like... It's just very adolescent. Like, it's so easy to read them. They're very small, but they're just super fun to fly through, like a good beach read. I think that one of the best books I've ever read is The Silent Patient. It's a thriller, and I almost always can predict what's going to happen in books or movies or TV shows. I'm really good at it. My sister is even better at it. And I had absolutely no idea. I was laying in bed reading it, and then I sat up and literally was like, what when I got to the ending it is so crazy that was great um the glass castle is a classic it was very well written a good um memoir Matthew McConaughey's book I talked about that earlier in this um podcast not this episode but earlier in I think season one um Matthew McConaughey's memoir green lights amazing book um But I'm kind of getting off topic of what my favorite book is. And my favorite books are probably Twilight. Just for the sake of the nostalgia, you know? You gotta have a little fun. 
What is my favorite thing to bake? I hate baking. A hundred percent dislike. It's a science. It's carefully crafted. You have to be super particular. You can't mess up. You have to do it the way that the recipe says to do it. I think that there's a bit of arrogance in me that loves that with cooking, I can look at a recipe, let's say one to two, maybe three times, and then I've pretty much got it down and I don't really need anything and I can just like enhance it the way I want to. Does that always work out for me? No, sometimes I forget things like the basil or something essential, but for the most part, it's just fun. Like I feel like I'm pretty free in the kitchen with cooking. When it comes to baking, high alert. One thing I did make that I was very proud of. I don't think they turned out the way that they were supposed to because I'm also a little anal about baking. Like if I want to eat a baked good, I want it to be phenomenal. And I made blueberry lemon scones because I learned how to make lemon curd. And if you consider lemon curd baking, that's my favorite thing to bake. But that's more of like a sauce or like a preserve, um, preserves, whatever you want to say. Um, lemon curd's delicious. If you don't know what it is, it's kind of like a spreadable lemony, um, just like creamy lemony jam-like thing that you would put on a scone. And so I made blueberry lemon scones for my lemon curds, and those were really good. If I had to say something, I would say that, but I actually think that's the last thing that I baked, and that was almost two years ago. (laughs) So there you go. Okay, spiciest hot take I'm willing to share. Oh my gosh. Okay, this is so fun. Okay, spiciest hot take that I'm willing to share. Hmm, I'm going to really think about this. I wish I would have been able to prepare for this question because I want it to be so spicy. And if it's not that spicy, I'm really sorry, but I'm going to try my best. Okay, Jesus, help me think of something good. Okay, I don't know if this is a hot take. Eh, Nope, that's not really. Wow. Oh my gosh, the suspense has got to be killing you guys. I would say the spiciest hot take I'm willing to share would be... Oh gosh, this is so hard. Okay, I am not forgetting this question. I'm going to keep going for the sake of time, and then I'm going to come back to it and keep thinking. We're going to see if my brain can do two things at once, because I literally can't think of a hot take that's not boring, you know? Like, I want something fun. I want something spicy. I want something very spicy. For the love of God, help me, Jesus. Okay, well, I next one I picked was what is my favorite comfort food? So we're going to answer that, and then we're coming back, Sophie. I heard your question, what is the spiciest hot take, and I'm taking it to heart. So hold your hold your horses. What is your go-to comfort food? Honestly, lately, it's been Indian food. I'm probably gonna get it after this. We'll see. It is so good. A butter chicken, medium level heat over basmati rice with garlic cheese naan on a rough night. That is it for me. That is it. See ya. If we're looking for an instant access situation, I'm looking for something along the lines of a jalapeno kettle cooked chip. I'm looking for something along the lines of um, a cheese and a cracker. Um, 
a good cheese and a good cracker, like a dip. Oh, queso and um, tortilla chips. See you later. Um, something along the lines of that. What is the spiciest hot take that I can think of? For the love of all that is good and true. Oh, I think I've got one. And I don't even know if it's that spicy, but I'm going to go with it. I don't think that we should classify Taylor Swift as Christian anymore. And I know that, I know, oh gosh, even as I say it, that is spicy because I just don't know if the way that she has, she's become such this icon and you guys are probably like, what on earth are you talking about? You love her. And I do, but it is concerning how much people are literally worshiping her now. And she's become this big fame icon girl. But I'm just like, if you really could just channel in on your faith more, I just wonder what could happen. Oh, that's definitely spicy because I feel icky even saying it. But I'm like, yeah, I don't know if she could really be classified as that same Christian girl. Like, I don't know if she actually feels like she can be Christian because of her political views. Like, I feel like her political views have trumped her Christian values um, and that she pulls those out when need be. And that's not right. Like, we need to be consistently Christian. We need to constantly put on the armor of God and represent him. And that has not happened throughout her career as she's continued to gain fame. And that's hard because there are other there are other um, celebrities that I feel like do that very well at least from afar, you know, I don't know, but I hope that's hot. I hope that's spicy. I hope that's spicy enough for you. Yeah. I think that that's it for me. I don't know that. And like, I wear leggings. (laughs) Okay. Moving on. I'm uncomfortable. Um, next one. What is my favorite childhood memory slash tradition? What is my favorite childhood memory slash tradition? Hmm. It's got to do with Christmas. It must. Christmas at my house. It's fantastic. If you're feeling the holiday spirit, go listen to the episode called POV, You Were Raised in the North Pole. You'll get a taste of what my family's like at Christmas time. But I would say Christmas for sure. We have a very elaborate Christmas Eve that we do leading up to Christmas Day. And it's just turned into all of the things. I mean, we wake up, we open new Christmas pajamas, we spend the entire day in our Christmas pajamas for Christmas Eve. We bake sugar cookies and ice them for Santa. Still, I'm 27, my sister's 25. Um, We have a list of Christmas movies that we have to get through and then whichever ones we don't get to we watch on Christmas Eve recently it's been um Home Alone this is just for the daytime movies then we start to get ready and we drive downtown to my home parish St. John's and we go to Christmas Eve mass and we also go to a fancy steakhouse for dinner and then We drive back home, and that's when the real fun begins. We have fondue and 
um, charcuterie boards after dinner because we also live pretty far away from downtown Indianapolis. It's almost two hours. And so we have those little nibbles and we watch White Christmas, my family's all-time favorite Christmas film, maybe best film ever. I don't know. And we watch White Christmas and then my sister and I go to bed and my mom and dad get all of the Christmas presents ready under the tree. And my sister and I watch Charlie Brown Christmas tucked into one bed as little snuggy bugs do. And then we go to sleep. And it's just this very magical, beautiful, anticipatory, end of Advent, Christmas Eve joy kind of thing. And we've always done it. And it's just really, really cute. So I would say that is my answer for that. Okay, I'm going to do two more questions. Okay, what is the next one going to be? Um... Oh, this is spicy. Spice from the ex-focus wife. What is a focus practice or custom you had to unlearn? Wow. Mm. I would say there's two. One would be come hell or high water, you do not miss mass every single day of the week. Um. That one was very hard for me when I first started to not go to mass every single day. I really felt like an absolute jerk. And it is okay to not go to mass every single day. The thing that's hard about that is I hate that it feels so black and white. I very often, it's like, okay, do you want to go every single day and not be 100% sold on it every time, but you're going every single day? Or do you want to get out of that rut and not go at all and then feel guilty about not going at all? You know, like I I want to find that happy medium. I want to find that both and that we love in the Catholic Church where I'm going out of choice because I love the Lord and because I want to go see him. Um, But if I miss it, life goes on. You know, that's kind of what I want to find out. And I'm still figuring it out. Um, And the other one would be. I definitely have changed a little bit when it comes to modesty. Not a lot, because you guys know that I share a lot of passion about modesty, and there is so much that we need to be doing to be intentional with modesty. But when it comes to things like workout clothes, I found that I wasn't working out. And when it comes to things like swimsuits, I found that I wouldn't get in water because I was like, well, I just need to be modest. And so what I have to wear looks terrible on me and I don't want to wear it. Therefore, I'm not going to go. And that's not living life abundantly. And so investing in really good pieces that I feel confident and free in to work out as well as swim um, that might have not fit the focus modesty standards. That was essential for me to be able to really find a way to exercise more and to be more comfortable around swimming, which sounds kind of silly. But those were two things that really, really um, had to get readjusted for me. Okay, final thing. This is a great final question. And this one goes out to Sarah Wessel because I love you and this is your question. What is the most devious thing you did in high school? This is fun. This is really fun. Okay. What is the most devious thing I did in high school? Oh, gosh. So many things are flooding to my memory right now. Um, I would say the first thing that pops up. Oh, I know what it is. I know what it was. 
this is awful, but this is just the truth. I was a absolute train wreck after I was... Well, is this devious? I think it's devious. I'm going to go with it. I don't want to leave you guys on the edge of your seat with that. So I worked at a um, water park in high school called Splash House. And the Splash House is also known as the trash house. It is pretty crusty. (laughs) And we worked there. Everyone in high school worked there. And there was one summer right after I was dumped that I just decided to be a total heathen and three quarters. I was like, I know what I'm going to do to get back at my ex. I'm going to smoke weed with all of his best friends. And at first I was very much not into it. And then I was like, I love this. And it lasted for probably three weeks. It wasn't a long stint, but it happened. And my, I started to act super weird around my parents. I was like barely sleeping. Um, just being like not Courtney. And my mom used to always use my iPad when um, she was at home because she liked how big Instagram was on my iPad. And that was just something that she kind of always did. And there was one morning that I was leaving for work at the Splash House and my mom stopped me and kind of had this like, you're smoking weed, I can tell like thing with me. And I was just in this, like, rebel era of, like, I don't care, you're a parent, you suck, like, so not Courtney, okay? Just, like, really in the depths of life in general. And she was like, you're taking a test when you come home. And I was like, fine, I won't get a positive drug test. And she was like, you're doing it when you come home from work today. And I was like, fine, like, trying to play it cool. And then I instantly went to my car and started texting with this one guy that's he just smokes all the time. And I was like, oh my gosh, how long does it take to get out of your system? What am I going to do? Blah, 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 blah. And all of my texts between me and the guy were coming through to my mom. And I'm answering every question she has. I'm answering how long ago since I smoked last? How much did I smoke? How often have I been smoking recently? You can do this to do this for a drug test. I mean, you guys, here I am on a Catholic podcast, spreading the gospel, trying to be holy, trying to become a saint. The goal is heaven forever and ever. That is who I am now. And that is so crazy to think about because when I was in high school, I was in the depths. I mean, I was truly so so heartbroken, so lost. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to find purpose. I didn't know who to hang out with, who my friends were. I mean, I was in an identity crisis. I wasn't eating well. I was trying drugs. I mean, it was just everything. And I, to think that I was there and then a few years later went to college was still a mess, but met Jess and then became Catholic that year is crazy. That would have been what? That would have been two years later. Two years later, I became Catholic. The Lord can do anything. The Lord can do anything. I know so many people from high school saw me going down that path, and they were like, oh, no, Courtney's lost herself. And if I would have just accepted that, Lord knows who who I'd be today or where I would be. Like, the Lord can use everything. It's just wild. And so basically what I'm getting at here is 
believe in the power of conversion because my mom saw all of those texts come through and she knew every answer to every question that she had. And she didn't have me take a drug test because she basically just told me that she knew everything. And we both sobbed together and I was a wreck. I was a wreck. I felt terrible. Um, My mom was so sad. And here I am, Courtney Roach, who doesn't even wear a two-piece swimsuit like on mic <laughs> to tell the story that's just so funny to me oh jesus you've done so much for me he loves so much that's so beautiful yeah that is good that is really good um there are many many other high school stories that i could share but who wants to live in high school not me So I think the most controversial thing I said today is I don't really think Taylor Swift is actually a Christian. And if that comes off judgmental, you know what? That's what hot takes are for. Um, Am I speaking concrete truth? No, Um, that is an opinion. So please don't get your panties in a wad, but do let me know what you think. And other than that, I would really like to take this time to plug, plug, plug plug.com Patreon because this whole kind of vibe of question and answer, this segment ordeal is very much the constant vibe of Patreon. Patreon comes out every second and fourth week of every month. So if you're a part of Patreon for $5 a month, you're getting a total of six episodes of the Daily Nothings instead of just four, which is what all of you guys as regular subscribers get. And they are just consistently the most fun episodes. I mean, they're just so enjoyable to record. They're so much fun to post and share with you guys. And I think that that shows. And I want the Daily Nothings to consistently be this place where we can really be formed and grow together and a bit more of like the intentional, um, tougher topics that are the Daily Nothings that this world says means nothing. Um, but the daily somethings are just some things that we want to share with you so we can keep getting to know each other and grow in community. So I'm floored. I'm floored by how much this podcast continues to grow. And I really can't believe that it is June and that come October, we will have been doing this for a year. That is nutso to me. That's nutso. Wow. Um, and I just want to thank you guys. So I hope you enjoyed getting to know me. I hope you enjoyed this kind of Q&A unhinged Courtney in a closet by herself episode and yeah check out Patreon if you haven't yet they are great great stuff great thing great vibes so thank you guys for listening sorry if I didn't get to your question there were so so many to answer I love you guys thank you good night